When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, good evening, cool cats and kittens. Hope your week is off to a great start Monday night. Thanks for checking out Inside Sports. We have a lot to get to tonight. A lot going on in the hockey world. The expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken is on Wednesday. Then the NHL draft is Friday and Saturday. Friday, 5-9, to nine, round 1 right here on 630 Chad, and then we'll keep you updated with rounds two through seven Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Bob Stoffer and I will be hosting the coverage with special guests jumping in along the way. The Oilers will have will pick the 19th player in the draft, and we'll look at some of those uh, possibilities and reflect on other players they took in that neighborhood later on tonight as well. We have the latest from Elks practice as well, Darrell, Darrell Walker coming back, and of course we will get to a, a really big story today that is Luke Prokop, the Edmontonian, who plays for Calgary in the WHL being the first. Now, it is a bit of a distinction here. He is not the first player to have uh, played pro hockey to come out as gay. He is the first active player with an NHL contract, uh, as he is property of the Nashville Predators, to come out as gay. Really good interview earlier today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. We'll hit on some of those highlights as we move along as well. So the Oilers expansion draft list, uh, protected list, to me, not a huge surprise. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, Cassian, and Archibald protected up front. I've seen some discussion about protecting Zach Cassian. Uh, I, I was not one of the people surprised by this, and we've seen and there a lot of a lot of rumors at this time of year. A lot of rumors at this time of year. If you've ever tuned in to me before, um, you know that uh, fine rumors are out there. I, if we got to talk about stuff and do what ifs, or you have ideas, or uh, you know projections, or 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 things you want to throw out there as an armchair GM as coach, we can talk about those. But I know this about rumors. Uh, usually a fair number of them uh, don't come true. There are some maybe you'd put more weight on than others. I, I, I would think there is something to this that Zach Cassian would be a piece that the Oilers could trade. I'm not saying are going to trade. I'm saying could trade. I, I don't think you can put any certainty on it at this time of year. And as we've seen in past years, the trade deadline is no longer the big splash day for trades. And often, if there are big trades to be made at the deadline, they might happen two, three, four days, even a week ahead of the deadline, as a GM will think, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to get anything better. I need this player right now. Let's do the deal. Tends to be a lot more trade activity around the draft. So we're going to get through the expansion draft. Obviously, rosters are frozen right now. We'll get through the expansion draft. Maybe things will pick up for the Oilers in the trade market on Friday and Saturday. And it appears that Zach Cassian is a name who is out there right now. So he was protected. And then on the back end, you got Darnell Nurse 
protected, of course, Ethan Bear and Duncan Keith, the new acquisition, also protected. When when we were speculating about protected lists two, three weeks ago, we didn't know Duncan Keith would be an oiler by now, and we thought Adam Larson would have signed that contract by now. Speaking of rumors, if if you read articles, if you follow social media, if you listen to talk shows, a lot of speculation about Adam Larson. Uh, I've seen some things today. He's testing the market, and then other things have maybe been leaning towards. Well, he's you know he's going to come back, but he wants to wait and see. Or the Oilers are waiting till the expansion draft is over. I can only tell you what I believe based on some things I have heard from people I trust. And I always frame this by saying things can change. Sometimes these are rumors. Sometimes these are speculations. But I, I personally strongly believe that Adam Larson will remain with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know when the contract is going to be signed. I don't know what the terms of the contract will be. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Is it going to be four years around $4 million? That probably makes sense. But I, I just get the vibe that Adam Larson is going to be back, that that he is going to be an Edmonton order. Now, we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, you know, things can change. Sometimes they change very quickly. But that's just the sense I get right now. So I can only tell you what I believe. And I'm sure you've you've seen things that other people have reported or what they believe. I can only tell you what I believe. And if my projection on this day turns out to be incorrect – then uh, so be it. I'll be incorrect. But that's what I believe right now. Stuart Skinner was the goaltender. The Oilers um, protected. Mike Smith unprotected. He is an unrestricted free agent. We'll see if the Oilers get a deal done with him. I think that is likely to happen. Alex Stalock also left available, and he's the goaltender the Oilers picked up during the last season who uh, has had some good runs in his NHL career, but because of some injury issues, did not play this past season. So uh, he's left unprotected. Miko Koskinen unprotected. I, I doubt he is going to be touched by the Seattle Kraken given his contract. And man, oh man, as, a, as another story, and really the biggest story, not connected directly to the Oilers, Carey Price unprotected. Now, obviously some injury concerns. We're hearing a lot about that over the last couple of days. But man, oh man, you have to think Seattle's looking into that. And uh, if uh, that'd be pretty big for them to get a name like Carey Price on the marquee. I'm always happy to hear what you think. You can text or call 780-496-0063. If you're using the good old-fashioned telephone, the hotline is presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You can email insidesports at 630ched.com. And I want to follow up on something here that came in an email last week because I, I got an email that uh, really brought a smile to my face, and I actually talked about it. Uh, I can't remember what day. It might have been Thursday. It was Thursday it came in. I got an email from somebody and he was talking about hockey analytics and he threw out a quote by Albert Einstein. Not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that is counted counts. Uh, and I, I wrote back to that person. I said, Hey, I, I want to use that quote and thanks for attributing it to Einstein. Um, who are you? Well, I, I got it. I got it back from the person. It is, it is coming in from Louie. So Louie, thank you for that. And thanks for giving us a quote that we can definitely has, have some fun with and we can connect to sports. I, I'm going to doubt. Now, hey, I ain't no Einsteinologist. I didn't study up on Albert Einstein. There was no course on, on Albert Einstein at Grand Trunk High School in Evansburg when I went there. Maybe there is now. 
Maybe that's now part of the curriculum. The classes I took at the U of A, I did not take an Einstein quote class. But it appears uh, that something Albert Einstein said. As, as, as an aside here, I remember once reading one of those, you know, stupid articles that comes up, and it was uh, along the lines of, you know, silly things that people have said on live television or radio. Believe it or not, it was not solely quotes from this show. But I believe Joe Theismann once actually said, we have to quit calling football players geniuses. A genius is a guy like Norman Einstein. I believe he met Albert Einstein, but maybe, uh, you know, anyway, uh, 780-496-0063. So with the expansion draft, and here's another way you can give me some feedback tonight, very quietly and very quickly. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I have a Twitter poll going. It's been going since this afternoon. Already 1,600 people have voted in it. Well, hopefully they were real people and not bots. Here's, here's the simple premise. You're the general manager of the Seattle Kraken. Which oiler do you claim? Now, I listed the four guys that I think are most likely to be taken. I see a couple people have written in Oscar Clefbaum. I don't believe Oscar Clefbaum's going to get claimed by the Kraken. As Ken Holland said, pretty unlikely he's going to play in the upcoming season. And quite frankly, it sounds to me, it sounds to me, that there is a definite chance Oscar Clefbaum does not play in the NHL again. So I don't think he's going to get claimed. I didn't list him as one of the four choices. I actually think there are two front runners, but I listed kind of a couple of dark horses. So you're the GM of the Seattle Kraken. Which oiler do you claim? Tyler Benson, Jujar Kara, William Lagason, or Alex Stalock, who would come cheap and give them a goaltender that maybe could give them something. Uh, Tyler Benson is in the lead at 44%. Jujar Kara is at 34 Lagason and Stalock, not as many votes. I believe, I, I think, and again, I'll, I'll speculate here. We do a lot of that in the summer. I think Jujar Kara is going to be the player who gets claimed by the Kraken. Most of you are saying, who have at least taken part in my fun poll, that if they were the GM, they would take Tyler Benson. Uh Fair argument for that. Had a point to game season in the minors. Uh, I think he is uh, rounding out into a uh, or becoming a a more well-rounded player. He certainly emphasized getting better at checking and working on the penalty kill in Bakersfield this past season. Um, but I would think that I I would think that. Uh, the Kraken might lead towards some experience and some size and take Jujar Kara. And look, here in Edmonton, we know that Jujar Kara uh, can be a little frustrating at times. We've seen him play very inconsistently. Generally, generally with Jujar Kara, he has not started seasons well. He has not played well at the beginning of seasons and then has kind of found a groove. But that's what I think is uh is going to happen and uh we'll see it's fun to talk about at this time of year all right uh, again 780-496-0063 you can chime in about hockey uh whatever you want we're gonna have some clips from uh luke prokop coming up somebody has written in about that and i'll uh i'll get to that a little bit later on as well quick timeout inside sports on chet
good to have you tuning in tonight. This person texts in, was wondering, do you, you think the Seattle Kraken will pick up Carey Price? Well, they got a lot of homework to do on Carey Price. Uh, you know, reported by numerous people, including uh, Eric Engels from Sportsnet, and I'm just referencing an article that uh, he posted on sportsnet.ca. That, of course, there are the reports that uh, Price's end-of-season medical report showed hip issues and knee issues that a specialist is going to have to take a look at this week, and it could cause him to miss a large portion of next season, maybe even all of it. So there's that to worry about for Seattle. Carey Price turns 34 on August 16th. He has five years left on a contract with a cap hit of $10.5 million. So that's what you weigh for Seattle. Do you take a a goaltender going into his mid-30s who might not be able to play very much or at all this coming season and bank on him? I mean, look, when when you're a general manager, sometimes you have to really think about the worst-case scenario, right? I mean, that's the whole job of a general manager. So the worst-case scenario for the Seattle Kraken is you claim Carey Price and he never plays a game in the NHL again or he plays extremely poorly uh, when he does play. Uh, The flip side is maybe he misses half this season. He comes back. He's really good. He's uh, still a marquee goalie for two, you know, to say three of the five years remaining on the deal. And uh, you got a name that can help you uh, sell tickets and get attention in the, in the hockey world and in your market and all that kind of stuff. Man, oh man, if, if, if I'm Ron Francis, and, and I'm not, and I wouldn't make a very good general manager, I'm not one of those broadcasters that uh, is on here trying to prove I could run a team. But if I were Ron Francis, and, and I thought Carey Price could play at some point, personally, I'd snap him up. I, I mean, that, that'd be a huge get for that team. So, Yeah. I don't know if they're going to pick him. It's hard for me to answer. Do you think the Kraken will pick Price? If you know, if if I thought that he was at all going to be able to bounce back, and I'm the GM, I think you have to take him. I mean, then look, I don't think Seattle's going to be as good as Vegas, and Vegas got Mark Andre Fleury. Don't forget, they got a pretty darn good goalie too. But if if Price is is the good carry Price, the awesome carry Price that we saw for most of this postseason. He'll, he'll keep you in games. He might not get you into the playoffs, but he, he's going to keep you in games, and he might keep you pretty darn competitive. That's that's a really interesting – that might be the story to watch going into Wednesday. I, I mean, look, I know locally the Oilers are going to lose somebody. Okay, they're not going to lose somebody that's going to make or break their, their upcoming season. Uh, getting the – I mean, look, Carey Price is one of the best players this century of the last 20 years. I, I, I really think he is. And you might be able to start your franchise with him. Granted, he's a he's a little older, but if he can play close to his premium form, that that's a pretty good pickup for a first year team. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Ray says Jujar is as good as he's going to be. Staylock is probably not as good as other goaltenders available. So Benson or Lagason would be my picks to go to the Kraken. Cowtown Bob says, uh, I would agree with you that the Oilers will lose Jujar Kerr to Seattle. He's uh, from the uh, Vancouver area, so he'd be going closer to home as well. That is from Cowtown Bob. 
780-496-0063. I can also let you know, this is a fun little thing here, and we'll talk about this more with Morley Scott coming up later on tonight. We did this with the Oilers, I want to say, uh, about a couple of years ago. And uh, you guys went nuts for it. We got, I don't know, I think it was like in the hundreds of thousands of votes on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca, picking the best Oilers of all time. So now we're picking the best Elks of all time, the all-time Elks All-Stars. It's presented by 630ched and Global News Hour at 6. So you go to the website and you vote for the players, and they're broken up by position sets, who you feel are the greatest of all time. And while you're doing that, you can also enter your name for a chance to win a pair of Elks season tickets. And then what we're going to do on Inside Sports next week is we're going to reveal the winners. I think we're going to do a couple each day. We'll we'll, we'll talk to them or people who know them or, uh, you know, guys like Morley and Halsey will hop on. So that'll be fun. And I was looking at the list, and it's a pretty impressive list. And one of the players who's a candidate as an all-time great receiver is Darrell Walker, who's back with the green and gold. Oh, man, it's amazing, man. Honestly, uh, a lot of differences, a lot of different nuances, a lot of different teammates. I got a lot of, there's a lot of guys over here from Toronto, a few guys here from when I played here previously. And man, it's just, it's amazing right now to be back, especially after all the things everyone had to overcome within this past year plus. So man, just to be back to, Things kind of getting more situated to being normal. It's amazing, and I'm just thankful. So, Walker, first time on the field today because he had to be in quarantine last week, and he was talking about staying connected to the team virtually. I'm a student of the game, so I kind of there's a little bit of a gray area between watching it on 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 Zoom and stuff like that. I don't really get all the little bitty coaching points that are always instilled within the players on certain plays and formations and routes and things like that. So, but just being able to attend the meetings and hear some of those things, uh, it helped a lot. I also was studying the playbook on my own as well, but some things you got to get a better understanding from the coaches to actually understand why this play has been ran like this and why it's called this. So now I'm getting back around the guys and now I'm able to make more sense of the terms. All right, a little bit there from Darrell. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Walker, we'll uh, hear some clips from Luke Prokop when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is not going well for the Blue Jays this evening. Top of the third, the Red Sox lead the Jays 11-0. They got eight in the first and three in the second. 11-0, and the Red Sox batting in the third inning. They have uh, yet to score in the third inning, though. Talking expansion draft, of course, coming up on Wednesday night. It'll be happening during the show. And what happens with uh, Adam Larson? I think he will be back with the Oilers. Jordan says, I think he will be back. Larson knows how important D is and wanted to let Ken Holland improve the D so he wouldn't have to be protected. 
Uh, Jordan also adds, doesn't hurt to scare the fan base either that has undervalued him because of who he was traded for. That is from Jordan. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Larson's uh, hasn't signed to scare the fan base or I assume you're being a little cheeky with that one. Uh, and Andy S the carpet guy, uh, wishes that Jujar care would have been protected. He says, I think the Kraken will take Jujar. He's the most NHL ready on the Oilers list. He's a center. He's big and fast and tough. This will be his year. So, uh, Andy S not uh, thrilled at the thought of Jujar care going to the Seattle Kraken. All right. Lots of storylines to follow. And of course the draft coming up on Friday, we have it for you on six 30 chat. Well, I should say round one of the draft on Friday. We'll sign on at uh, five Stoffer and I will be on the air. We'll go till 9 o'clock, and uh, we'll get the Oilers pick in there for you, and then more coverage rounds 2 through 7, 10 to noon on Saturday. The Oilers uh, currently, unless they make some kind of a deal, do not have a second rounder, do not have a third rounder. They do not have a fifth rounder. They have two sixth rounders. So that's how that shakes down right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, so uh, one of the stories today was uh, Luke Prokop who uh, announced on his social media that uh, he is gay. He is a Nashville Predators prospect, and uh, he is uh, from Edmonton. He's been playing in the Western Hockey League. And uh, he decided today to uh, announce that he is gay, making him the first. uh, The way way it's been uh, worded is that he is the first active player under NHL contract to come out as gay. He's 19 uh, years of age. There have been ex-players who uh, have announced after the fact that uh, that they are gay, but not while they were playing, and certainly not when they are, uh, were on the verge of uh, perhaps playing pro hockey with Prokop has an excellent uh, chance to do. I want to read a, a text message first here I got from a, a listener who uses the handle Farmer Kevin before we get to some of the comments Prokop made today early on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer And the text line is 780-496-0063. Uh, Farmer Kevin says, hey, Reed, what makes the media think that the average sports fan cares what sexual proclivities a hockey player has? On one hand, an employer is not allowed by law to ask about a job applicant's sexual preferences because such matters are very private and have nothing to do with performing the duties of the job. So why is this any different? If it has nothing to do with his on-ice performance, why mention it at all? As far as I know, there is no rule in the NHL banning homosexuals from playing, so what is the relevance of a player's sex life? Tell me I'm wrong. That is from Farmer Kevin. Well, Kevin, look, I can't tell you you're wrong in terms of how you feel. How you feel is is how you feel. Uh, I'm going to let Luke Prokop's comments, I think, answer uh, or respond to what you're saying. Um, You did say what makes the media think that an average sports fan kick cares what sexual proclivities a hockey player has um again farmer kevin if you don't care that's fine i'm not going to tell you to care there's stuff i there, there are stories i see on television and radio and here on talk shows that i don't care about if you don't care about this story that's fine I can only tell you from a, a, a from my perspective of being someone in the media who hosts and talk show the the first person who does something is a story Okay, it, it, no, it wasn't related to, uh, to sexual orientation, but Jackie Robinson being the first black player to play in the major league, in major leagues was a story. Maybe, you know, if you were around at that time, Farmer Kevin, I doubt you're that old. You know, maybe you would have said, why should we care? He is a baseball player. 
maybe that's how you would have felt. But that would have been a story because he was the first. And Luke is the first, you know, at this stage in his career to do this. So that, that's why it's a story. If it's not a story to you, if, if you don't care, th- th- that's, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to care. But that's why it's being reported. Uh, but I, I'll get to some clips from Luke here, and I'm always get, I'm already getting a couple texts in here replying to what Farmer Kevin said. Uh, pro cop to Bob Stoffer on the feeling of lifting a weight off his shoulders. A little bit, you know. Obviously, um, there's there's concerns about you know how my career might be impacted or how my family or friends might take it. So obviously, obviously there was a little bit of that. But you know, I couldn't be thankful for a more grateful and inclusive family and friends and um you know they've been so good you know over the past few months and um you know again i'm just i'm just really excited to see where where my hockey career takes me and where life takes me as well okay and uh, pro cop also commented the uh, significance of coming out as an nhl prospect I think today is kind of the start of an, almost a new life for me. You know, I had to kind of hide who I was, especially with hockey for the past four or five years, knowing, you know, who I truly was and not being able to be who I am now. It's, it's, it's a real relief. And, you know, I can't wait to see how I'm, how I play next year and kind of my skates moving forward, just being able to kind of let go and be myself and not have to worry about who knows or who doesn't when I'm in the gym or arena and just focus on, you know, getting better on the ice. All right. And pro cop uh, also says, uh, yeah, you know, coming out to, uh, to my peers in hockey and he, he knew he might face some stigmas. Here's how he responded to that. They're good. I mean, obviously that's one big worry is hockey and how the hockey world was going to take it. And again, you know, I kind of got to the point where there's a reason I did it now. And it's, it's because I, I don't really care about what other, what other people think. You know, I have so much support from my friends, family, and some of my teammates even that I have that group around me that I don't need, you know, the negative, the negative talk from other people that obviously is going to be there. I'm not naive. You know, some people don't think it's right. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's been really good. And, um, and I'm happy. I'm happy with, with with everything that's going on. All right. So to to reply to Farmer Kevin's email or, or text, you know, who Farmer Kevin basically saying, why is this a story? There's no rule against being gay in the NHL. Well, why is this relevant? Well, I think Prokop himself touched on it. And, and the one thing that really resonated with me listening to him with Bob earlier today and playing those clips today and, and reading a couple article, other articles written about him, you know, saying, knowing who he truly was and just wanting to be that person in the world and not having to hide something from his friends or teammates or coaches or family members. And he also spoke to Bob today about, uh, you know, telling his sister and then his parents and, and those important people in his life. So Here's the thing I, I, I would say to Farmer Kevin. And again, I, you know, I, I respect the fact if, if, if you don't care. I, I totally respect that. I, 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 I don't think I ever come on the radio and tell people how to think. Um, but you have to remember the context here. We live in a society where for a lot of its history, unfortunately, uh, gay people have been persecuted or had uh, not had equal rights or not been treated well or haven't been you know free to work where they want and do what they want and you gotta remember this like in the history of the nhl there have been thousands of players in the nhl 
there's been gay players in the NHL, but you haven't heard about it. Why? Because they didn't feel comfortable saying that to a teammate or a reporter or a fan or sometimes even a family member. So that's why it's a story. And again, Luke is saying, I want to be who I am. And I want to be that person out in the world and with my teammates and not have to hide it. And he's still a hockey player. He's still a teammate. He happens to be gay. Again, Farmer Kevin, if that's not a big deal to you, that's fine. But that might help some other people who are feeling the way he has felt and think it's okay for me to be who I am because this guy who's playing a, you know, a very highly publicized sport in Canada was able to do it. That's how I look at it, Farmer Kevin. Tony writes in, he says, well, if he, he wants to be a role model for other players and youth in a historically masculine sport, he doesn't think it's something people should be ashamed of. Good on him for coming out. That is from Tony the Pizza Boy. Another texture says, I bet that kid feels a lot lighter getting that off. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shoulders, good on him. The big L writes in. Says, uh, Reed, I have uh, two sons. I've told my wife several times if either of them was gay, I would tell them that life is going to throw a, lo- a lot of obstacles in their way. Being gay will add to that, especially considering what you choose as a life pursuit and where you live. Support will be contingent on that. That is from the Big L. Yeah, some of the thoughts there, 7804960063. Uh, look, and, may- and maybe someday uh, it's not going to matter. Like Farmer Kevin said, uh, may- maybe it's not going to be a story that it'll just but but again i think the first one uh, of any category the first person who does something who is who is a trailblazer is going to get attention and i do think there are people who maybe feel a little bit better by what luke prokop did today and and maybe he's going to help some people and, you know, hey, Farmer Kevin, maybe you're not one of them, and, and that's fine. But th- there might be some other youngsters, or as he put it, people who are out there feeling like I have to hide part of myself from the world, and that doesn't make me feel good. Maybe this is going to help them with the weight that they have on their shoulders. That's how I look at it. That's why I think it's a story. That's why I think it's important, why it's important Luke spoke today. Happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. Could he get a two-year contract? Could the Oilers take a goaltender in the first round? Will there be a goaltender available to them 
in the first round. Now I can tell you this as we look ahead to the first round of the draft on Friday. A couple of goaltenders expected to go quite high. One of them, Jesper Wallstedt out of Sweden. Uh, he is ranked higher than the Oil King Sebastian Kosa. Uh, it is interesting that uh, McKean's, and we're going to hear from Ryan Wagman, their director of prospect scouting here, a clip I uh, got from an interview with him a couple of days ago. Sebastian Kosa by McKean's is ranked 19th, and the Oilers will be taking the 19th player in the draft. Kosa, a six foot six goaltender out of Fort McMurray, one regulation time loss this past season in the uh, abbreviated WHL campaign with your Edmonton Oil Kings. But uh, we know the deal. There, there generally have not been a lot of high picks with goaltenders in the first round in the NHL draft. Um, in the last couple of years, uh, we had uh, Askarov uh, last year. We had Samsonov, or not uh, Samsonov, we had Spencer Knight a couple of years ago. So it does happen. It, it doesn't happen a lot. There is some, well, let me put it this way. It, it is believed that there is risk involved. That, that's what GMs and scouts believe. And there, there are occasions where perhaps it's, it's turned out to be a uh, fair belief or, uh, you know, fair hesitation. So I asked Ryan Wagman from McKean's, should teams be hesitant to take a goalie in the first round? You know, it's, it's a great question because for a long time, I was very hesitant about goals in the first round. And, you know, they were just, they were really, really hard to scout. But the more you, I do this thing and the more I think NHL teams look at things, if the guy that you like, if the guy you think is a starting goalie, he's shown he can play those minutes, um, you know, that, that he, can, he can kind of take over the reins and he can lead his team to wins when, when the, the skaters aren't clicking in front of him. I mean, that's a really valuable thing. Like, let's look at the uh, the top four teams in the NHL this year, right? The our finalists, who are their starting goalies? You had Andre Vasilevsky won the cup, first-round pick. The finalist, Carey Price, first-round pick. I believe he was fifth overall, if I remember correctly. Yep. You know, Vegas, Marc-Andre Fleury, first overall. And uh, and finally, the Islanders, um, uh, Verlamov. I believe he was also a first-round pick back in the day. So... You know, there's some value in, in, in drafting goalies early. You know, I grew up in Toronto, and, and, you know, there were many years where Toronto had good skaters, but they couldn't keep the puck out of the net. And if you can't keep the puck out of the net, everything else goes by the wayside. It's almost like having a bad bullpen in baseball, right? You can do everything else right, but if your bullpen can't hold the lead, you're still going to lose the game. Um, and so, you know, I understand there's a bit more hesitation. Like if all else is equal in terms of what you value in a player between a goalie and a, and a center or a defenseman, you might lean towards those other two guys. But at a certain point, all else is no longer equal, right? Everything, you know, you start to realize there is more value, more value in this goalie who we think is a starter than there is in this uh, winger who, you know, we think could be a second line guy if it works out. And, and this year, you know, the last two years, we had Spencer Knight in the first round. Um, we had uh, Yaroslav Askarov in the first round. And this year, we think, uh, you know, Jesper Wallstad is probably better at this stage of his development than those two guys were at the same time. Uh, we have him ranked number five. And, you know, he, he's already playing against men in Sweden, and he's doing really well. Uh, and, and, you know, you might say, well, he's just a quicker, he's, he's been developed more quickly, and that's fine. And so maybe there's less room for him to grow. But even if there's less room for him to grow, he's already at a place where, yes, he's not far from being a starter in the NHL. Uh, and, and after Wallstad, we have, as you mentioned, Sebastian Kosa from the Edmonton Oil Kings, who we ranked 19th. 
Um, there's not actually that much of a gap between Wall Street and, and, and COSA. The only main difference, I guess, is that COSA's numbers are a little bit inflated because the oil kings were an absolute powerhouse this year. Um, they were much better than the teams they were facing in their division uh, almost on a nightly basis. So he kind of had a leg up. His numbers maybe don't reflect his actual ability, but his actual ability is still really good. And a lot of the, you know, what we believe internally and some of the NHL guys we talked to believe that these are two guys who project as NHL starting goalies. And uh, we have Coast ranked 19th, but really anywhere between 10 and 20 would be reasonable in terms of a landing spot for him. All right, so that's Ryan Wagman, Director of Prospect Scouting, uh, scouting from McKean's Hockey on goaltenders in the first round. And the two names to remember this year, Jesper Wallstedt out of Sweden and Sebastian Kosa from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Now, he did touch on it, and that's something that the scouts and the GMs have to weigh. He's an excellent goalie. The Oil Kings were also head and shoulders above most of the teams in, in their division. They didn't play outside of Alberta this year. So some inflated numbers, yes, perhaps, but he had some pretty good numbers the previous year as well when he was a year younger and the Oil Kings were playing everybody. But that's uh, that's another big storyline for me is where those goaltenders are going to go. And if Kosa is there at number 19, and he could, because I really think, after the goaltending aside, I I think after the two, after the top two, it really opens up. You got the two University of Michigan products. You got Owen Power at the top. You got Matty Beneers likely to go second. And then, you know, from three onward, it could be as open as any draft we've seen. Dylan Gunther is another player to remember from the Oil Kings. I mean, he could go third. He could wind up going ninth or 10th. So that's that's how uh, open it is after that. You have some prospects with upsides, but with big question marks, and that's how it's going to look overall. And then you throw into the fact, throw into the mix as well, there are a couple of goaltenders in there, and it, it could really be unpredictable where everybody is is going to land. I know, I know somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, do you think the Oilers would trade up to get Kosa? Well, I, I wouldn't... <laughs> First of all, the Oilers don't have, I mean, do you offer next year's first round pick to trade up? Teams aren't going to even be sure where that is. And, uh, you know, the Oilers don't have a second to offer this year. Next year's second is uh, doesn't exist unless the, that conditional pick in the Duncan Keith deal becomes the third or a second. So there's a lot to consider there. Um, I'm not sure where the Oilers have him on their list, but as we've talked about a lot, the Oilers need a franchise goaltender. And and if they sign Mike Smith for two years, great. Mike Smith was, you know, realistically, probably the seventh or eighth best goaltender in the NHL during the regular season this past year. Credit to him for doing that. I, I get it if there are still questions about him repeating that because of his age and now having to play a full 82-game season, all that kind of stuff. But even if Smith knocks out of the park for two more years, the Oilers are still looking for that guy. And maybe he's coming. Maybe it's Skinner. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, uh, Rodrigue or the, uh, the goaltender they have in Russia. But none of those guys were drafted in the first round. So if they get Kosa, he becomes a, a more sure bet than any of the players they currently have. Anyway, just some uh, thoughts there on the uh, first round and the goaltending prospects for the NHL draft. We got to do the news. And then we will bring in Elks play-by-play voice, Morley Scott, for the latest from training camp. Oh, we're getting closer to a game, aren't we? August 7th, we're finally going to see a game at Commonwealth. Red Blacks against the Elks. We'll have it for you on 630 Chet.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.